It's Office Hours with me, Chris. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into the office. Yes, the door is officially open again. And look who's taking the best seat in the house. It's Brentley. Hey, Brent. Well, hello. Jeez, this place has really changed since the last time we did this. Yeah, I went for a new theme, you know, real modern looking. It's a bit too much mauve for me, though. Oh, I got, but I got a great deal on eBay. Just eventually, I think that cat pee smell will get out, but probably makes you feel at home, I imagine. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? We're back. Office Hours is now a full podcasting 2.0 feed. It's official, it's real, and it's the first show on Jupiter Broadcasting to achieve this milestone. And it was made possible by our boosters, by our members. Really seriously, it absolutely was made possible by your support because we hit pause for a moment and we re-architected some of the back end, which we covered on Pocket 1 and Pocket 2. But I just wanted to take a second and say thank you because with that time, the show will now have cloud chapters. Some of those chapters will also have special art, so check your podcast player from time to time. It's the first show to officially have transcripts with each release. And for the very first time, we're going to attempt in the show the time value splits, which will have more information and a little deets about that soon. But also, the show is being distributed over IPFS podcasting, which is amazing. And a special shout out to everybody out there who's contacted me and said, hey, I've set up a node and I'm pinning office hours. We really appreciate that. Thank you, everybody out there. You get a special bell. That's for you for helping support and distribute the Office Hours podcast. And please, more, consider joining, because I have a lot more work to do. But Brent, you know, it's one of those things where we mentioned on the shows, we didn't even really make a direct call. Maybe maybe we suggested it, I don't know. But I've heard from several people that after listening to, I think, Pocket One went out and spun up their own IPFS podcasting notes. You know, I say this often, you can hear me saying it quite often, but we've got the best audience. Our listeners are just, they're the sweetest. And maybe they want to make a little money, because speaking of the podcasting 2.0 apps, uh, Podverse has put out a $1,200 bounty for completed Android auto support for Podverse. Uh, they have a GitHub repo, I believe, for Android auto with a, a note pinned regarding this bounty. A, this is a big one, 1200 bucks for helping out an open source project at Android auto support. Well, I would imagine if someone went for this, they could, uh, you know, eventually just get to be a bigger part of the project so it might be kind of a neat opportunity as well to sink your teeth into something you know and then maybe i don't know be part of a really cool team so you're back but for how long right are you you're going back to berlin in a couple of weeks i think i am yeah is it checking calendar is it two weeks i think it's two weeks which makes me kind of realize that my life is a bit insane help you know i I don't really understand how you manage it. You might as well just stay over there at this point. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you should move in. It's the kind of rhythm where I feel like just as I get home and I remember what I'm supposed to be doing here and I get back into the rhythms, it's like, oh, time to go. And uh, that's exactly where I am. That's how I feel. It's uh, both very exciting and mildly awful. Well, Brent's travel strugs are your wins, audience, because he is hosting another meetup on Friday, September 8th at the Next Cloud offices. These have been pretty popular. They've been really fun. I, uh, you know, it's always nice to see old faces. I can say that now because it's been many months since I've met some of these wonderful folks, but always like 50% are new people. And I think that's really great. I tried specifically with this one to plan it a little bit ahead. So hopefully some people are able to travel from areas that maybe were a bit more challenging with some of the you know, lesser heads up that we've been giving in the last little bit. So I'm very much looking forward to meeting some folks and uh, I'm going to try to come up with something special for this one. We shall see. Uh, I don't want to spill the beans yet because I just want to make sure that it's actually going to happen, but I'm trying. Things are moving behind the scenes. It sounds like behind the scenes machinations as it were. I, I don't know. I have a meetup as well. I don't think it's going to happen. What? I think we've had <laughs> like is... two people sign oh, up. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's too close to Linux Fest. Maybe I waited too long. I promised the Spokane group in eastern Washington and the Idaho area. I, I promised a year or two ago that we tried to do a meetup. And then, you know, the last couple of years have been crazy. So I was trying to do a make good Saturday, September 16th at Iron Goat Brewing at 1 p.m. But yeah. 
it's like JB people and an audience member too. I see. I'm included on that list, which I think I'm in Berlin at the time. So maybe I should remove myself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even, yeah, it's even less than what's on there right now. I wish I could go though. I, you know, I've heard so many great things about Spokane and I've uh, only driven through and never, you know, spent some time there. So I, I, I was really looking forward to this for the last couple of years and here I am going to miss it. Maybe the wildfires are throwing people for a loop, you know, and they don't. You blaming me again? No, Spokane has its own. Oh, fires oh, so, going oh on they too. they have the yeah. ability of having yeah. fires. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. they can do. Sorry, they Spokane. can do that too. Yeah, they're pretty good at it. Sometimes. Is it Spokane now? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they've never heard that before. Oh, uh, we'll see. I'll leave it up on the meetup page. If we start getting some bites, I'll go for it. Otherwise, how many people? How many people you need? How many? I mean, I, I'd go out there for a handful, okay, you know, right. dozen or so. All right. I'd love to see. I'd love. I know we have a lot of people in the area just from how many folks had reached out in the past. But, you know, you go where the audience, where the audience leads you. And honestly, maybe it's just people figure I'm going to make the trek for Linux Fest. That's good enough. And I would rather if they could only come to one, they come to Linux Fest. I will agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of work. We're going to be on cooking duty <laughs> on Saturday. We're going to try to feed the fest. And, you know, we don't even really know how many people are going to show up. And how many then how many people are going to want a lunch cooked by us? Yeah. And I mean, we have a lot of yeah, experience do do that, with doing that in the past, but because of the hiatus and stuff. Yeah, you're right. It's, there might be too many brats. I don't even, I don't even know how to find the barbecue big enough to cook for like five, 600 people. That's my estimation is like, you know, maybe we'll get a couple thousand because the peak used to be like 5,000. This is a so big deal, like, Chris. Are we ready for this? Like, I don't know if we no. have the means of. No, no, <laughs> no. We're going to need some cook crew. We're going to need, we're going to need the audience to help us with the cooking. People run the, you know, we're going to have to make essentially a manufacturing pipeline of food. And we're going to need people to run that manufacturing pipeline of food. And, you know, I'm such an idiot too, because so, you know, let's say lunch runs 1130 to one. Well, we're going to have to start getting set up around 10. I think the fest opens like at nine. Chris. So like we're there for like the first hour and then I got to go start making lunch. Oh, man. And <laughs> so I'm going to have to like not be there for some of it because I have to be at the booth and on the live stream. So we're going to need some people to do some of the cooking, but I'm going to have to do some of it too. Obviously I can't do nothing. I, I just don't know. I, we're going to start a new thing like the parking lot track. It's my own fault. It's because when we did do our little community feed and we fed like 300 people, it was such a huge hit. It became like, something everybody talked about at, in the fest organization. And so now it's like Jupiter Broadcasting is known for feeding people. Oh, man. Yeah. If and you uh, want to win people's hearts, it's through food. And you've definitely succeeded there. Maybe we'll just, before somebody gets their burger or their dog or something, they'll have to download an episode. You know? <laughs> it's, it's a fair trade. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Or sat, sat sausages or something. So if the meetup doesn't work out, it's okay, because I got plenty of other things to worry about. However... I really would love to get out there, see some folks. It's been far too long. And maybe some folks can't make it to Linux Fest, but they could make it to the meetup. So details at meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. So let's get into some pretty new developments in podcasting 2.0 and something that's taken off in a phenomenal way since our last proper episode. So it really hasn't been that long, but it's been long enough for this thing to become a phenomenon. And I've been reflecting on why. And I might have I might have a couple of insights or two. And through this process, I've actually gotten some really interesting insights into the music industry as well. I've been watching a new type of podcast blossom in the middle of what has otherwise been an ad winter. And we've seen more podcasts shutting down. We've seen podcast economic models that have completely collapsed. We've seen pod fading since the pandemic where everybody fired up a podcast. And kind of almost seemingly out of nowhere. An entirely new genre of podcast has been created, and the end result is that music artists are making more money from a single podcast than they ever made in their entire lifetime contract with having their tracks on Spotify or Bandcamp or other places. It's amazing. And it, I started watching this with one artist and then another artist and now a third artist who have made more revenue through a value-for-value-enabled music feed than they ever did from the commercial streaming platforms. And we've seen a multitude now 
of music-focused podcasts that can legally play music from the artist in their podcast without having to go through a, a Spotify contract or without having to get some sort of general license that isn't even really available to podcasters. It's only available to radio stations. So your podcast has to, has to be produced by a radio station. Podcasters didn't have access to this music. And now the middleman has been completely cut out. And when you, when you, when you cut them out, the artist makes significantly more revenue. Even if overall the numbers we're talking here, like a thousand dollars, but if they've only ever made 70 bucks from Spotify over the lifetime of their Spotify contract, making a thousand dollars from a single track from one podcast is kind of a life changing event. And so we're seeing WAV Lake, WAV Lake and LN beats and other directories that are launching that feature independent music that is value for value boost enabled. And then podcasters are using this with a new podcasting tutor spec called the value time split to send the boost amounts that are sent while the song is playing during the podcast directly to the artist. So let me back up and explain what I'm talking about here. There is a new specification for podcasting 2.0 that can be put in the value block that says during this runtime to this end time, send the boost amounts at this percent of split, whatever you, whatever the podcaster determines at this percentage, some people are doing a hundred percent. Some are doing 95%. So that way they can still see the messages, but but take redirect the boosts that come in from this runtime to this runtime, redirect them to this lightning address or to these separate splits. It's essentially redirecting the splits for a period of time during the song. What that enables is the ability for a podcaster to feature an artist song, an independent artist song. And during the runtime of that song, if you boost into the podcast, the artist receives those sets and it's taking off like crazy right now. And I got a couple of podcasts I want to recommend, Brentley. And I know you know which ones I'm about to talk about. So you can make a disclaimer. They're a little crazy. They're a little out there. Bring it on. All right. <clears throat> All right. So one that uh, I think is just outrageously unique. I've been doing this for 18 years. I've never seen a podcast this unique in my life. It's called Behind the Schemes. And these guys managed to put together the most low-key, easy listen I think I've ever heard. And somehow... They make tarot card readings seem totally normal and appropriate in the card or in the show while they're reading tarot cards and they'll integrate music and do the value time split and something else they do in their production, which is very clever, is they publish their pre and post show separately from the main show in the feed and the pre and post shows are just full of music and every song they feature is in that value time split and gets a boost. And so they'll play, you know an hour's worth of music and every track, the splits are getting redirected to those artists and it's just, they're hanging out on their stream. They're playing music. They're releasing it in an RSS feed. They're playing the tracks. The artists are getting the sats. It's, it's pretty neat. And it's a, it's a way out there show, but it's like nothing else. It's such a great listen, especially if you, you know, if you're slightly inebriated, I suppose, cause I suspect sometimes the hosts are. <laughs> it sounds like a good time though. Uh, this one's a little hard to find, so I'm sure we'll we'll link it up. But yes, uh, but it uh, you you gave me a little taste of one of their intros, which was lengthy, but not a moment of it was uh, lame. You know, it was like the entire thing was an experience, like a roller coaster ride of yeah. just it was wonderful. So I would highly recommend phenomenal it. production over there. I mean, just the the work. I know the kind of work they're putting into that show, and it's. It's amazing. Everything, everything from the artwork to the way they com compose the show to the clips and the intros, it's, they make it seem really easy, but it's, they're doing a fantastic job. Another one that falls into that category is the Podfather has a brand new music genre podcast called the Boostagram Ball. And it's very much Adam's vibe and I love it. Uh, he's got four episodes out now. It's the same, it's the same dealio. You know, he it's this one's more of a just a pure music song, uh, show, whereas behind the schemes is kind of a variety show. This is it starts with music. You know, Adam transitions for, through a few songs, reads a few boosts from time to time, but it's really focused on the music. So if it's like an hour long, you're going to get pretty much like 55 minutes of music, probably are pretty close. But they're independent tracks and Adam links to them all. So if you like one, you can you can go find it later. But also all of these are chapter markered. 
That's part of how this works is each song gets a chapter in the podcast. So if you don't like a song, you just skip to the next chapter. Easy peasy. And you can easily get the song name because the chapter and often, depending on your podcast player, the podcast artwork, the album art will change to the album art of the music that's playing. And then we'll change back to the podcast after the music is over. This is so slick. It feels like, what were we doing three months ago? Like this is, it's embarrassing. We haven't got to this point yet. You know, this is amazing. <clears throat> yeah. It's always been really awkward getting music into podcasts. You'll often find like a lot of podcasts have self-created music or like we forever ago had, uh, got a license with Ronald Jenkins. Um, and so, you know, you negotiate those things, uh, trade some, some amount of value or something for that. Um, whereas this is, you can really just sort of, I, as a podcaster before the show today, we just had Wavlake up on my web browser. I was just listening through songs. I'm like, oh, I like this one. I'll play this one in the show today. So I want to test it right now just so, because I think I have a 50-50 shot getting this right. And I think there's only a handful of the new podcast apps that fully support this yet. I think the Fountain Beta does, but I don't know about the current release. So you may, if your podcasting Tudor app doesn't fully support this, you might revisit this in a few weeks. But the track should have its own chapter. So if the song isn't your vibe either, it should be really easy to skip past, but it should also be really easy to get the name and identify it. If you do like the track, while the track is playing, 95% of your boost will go to the band, which includes the artists and some of the other people involved in the production of the song. And then that value split should switch back to us after the song. So... Here's Looking For You by Jeremy Oliveira. Did it get very far? Fault lines inside of our hearts And all the colors bleed Break lights with no gasoline
there you have it. Looking for you. A boost-enabled song. We'll have links to that in the show notes. Or if you want to find one that suits your vibe, wavlake.com. There's a whole bunch over there, including a top 40 chart, which will help you find probably some of the more popular songs. Now, Chris, I'm curious about what the tooling was like for you. You said it was super early days and you hesitated there saying you think it'll work. Tell me how that went and where you think it's going and how far along we are. Well, so Stephen B. in the podcasting 2.0 community has created a tool called thesplitkit.com. And this is tooling that helps you create the value block you need for a podcast, for a live stream, for a all kinds of different productions, actually. And it'll help sort of visually assemble your default block, which is your podcast, and it will also put together uh, the songs that you want to uh, contribute to. But it is a very, very complicated process. And our buddy Kyron over at the Mere Mortals podcast and the Value for Value podcast has created a YouTube tutorial that walks everyone through the step-by-step process. And it is on their Mere Mortals uh, YouTube channel, but I'll just put a link to the video directly in the show notes. Because Kyron kind of shows you each with time codes how to do each step of it. And so that was one of the videos I used to figure out how to do the split kit because it's not super intuitive. So his guide helps make it a little more clear. And then any podcaster right now that can get access to their RSS feed directly could put it in there. That's the tricky part. And for artists, the platforms like Wavlake and LN Beats and others they're, they on the back end are doing all of the wiring for the RSS feed, for the lightning stuff. So they can just upload their tracks to the platform and it's made it really accessible for the artists. And then they go sign up with Albi, connect nice. it, and they're done. Oh, that's nice it's really and easy, easy for them. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so artists, some artists have taken songs that they've had, you know, in their back catalog for 20, 15 years that are great songs, super well recorded, but just haven't had any platform to be published on. And so there's some real gems on there. It's been, it's been just what I've been listening to sitting at my desk. You know, it feels like it's sort of about time for the music industry in that sense. Like we've seen it slowly dying since, you know, I don't know, the last decade, but this feels like an entirely new economy for them. Like, and, and perfectly suited because so many artists, at least the ones I know are creating amazing music with the technology that we have now that you can do you know, your own home studio and all of that. So you can be fairly independent and still produce extremely good quality stuff. And then this is just another way of supporting that, which I think is, there's some huge potential here, Chris. Yeah. It, it feels like independent music too has reached a new quality threshold. You know, like when I, when I think of creative commons music, I kind of think of like a step down stuff, like the music that's in like the YouTube music library that every YouTuber uses. <laughs> that's really kind of, you know, standard stuff. That's not what's happening over here. This is true artistic expression on these songs. And some of these songs are really resonating with people. Um, and so it's, there's something different there, I suppose, when people are voting with sats, perhaps it surfaces the really good stuff. Is this going to be your new way of discovering music? I know you've been searching for a little bit. Well, you know how much I like to play music in the live streams and stuff. And I've always wanted to be able to feature stuff that is safe for streaming and it just, just seems like a natural way, but to really make it sing, you'd need the lit tag. You'd need the, you would need our live streams in the podcasting Tudodo app. So that way people could boost the songs and whatnot, but you know, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. We have a little bit of feedback we want to seek from the audience. And remember, we are trying to get to our next bounty. So this could be a great way to kind of come in and give us some feedback and help brainstorm for a future Jupiter broadcasting show. We didn't rename office hours. To Jupiter Signal, even though we were hinting pretty hard that might be coming. And it's a great name. You might be wondering why. It is. It is. That right there was the realization. We were saving it for a show that I think is a better fit for the name. And I want to bounce it off the audience today, and I'd like to get your feedback. And then if we get a good response, we'll develop this further. But I'm putting it out there into the universe now, and I'm claiming ownership. (laughs) So what if the Jupiter Signal was a show that featured some of the most important signal in the various Jupiter broadcasting shows that sometimes get lost. A short show that features the news segments across the JB lineup. So I'll give you an example. One feed 
gives you access to all the news that's covered, say, Encoder. So Encoder Radio, a couple episodes ago, we discussed the Zoom terms of service change where they could use your face and voice data to train their AI models. And we covered that story. And for about two weeks, our communities discussed it because several people weren't listening to Coda Radio. They missed that story. Or there's been a recent crackdown by Oracle in hospitals running Java, and it's expanding. And the tactics are absolutely dirty. They do a little switcheroo on you, and we covered that in Coda Radio. It's actually a pretty important story for any IT shop that runs Java. Self-hosted has been covering the development of open-source, self-hostable transcription and voice-to-text and text-to-voice services, and there's been some major updates there. Or there was a lot of news around Red Hat, including some more recent news around Red Hat regarding some staffing rearrangements. Some of those we cover in the live streams. We could even cut some of those livestream-only things and slice them into this feed. So that way there's one feed where you get the news across the various shows, perhaps with maybe an introduction by me, some sort of wrap-up. And I think this is a system we could probably pretty easily achieve because as we implement transcripts and as we have chapters, we can pretty easily identify where that content took place. And we can go find that pretty quickly. And over time, I think we could do that in an automated process. Then I would sit down, record the introduction, record the outro or whatever, put it all together. We get it out there in one feed and it's each bits that you might have missed from a show. I don't know if this is something that would be useful to everyone out there, but I have observed that some folks only have time for like one show. Maybe they listen to a couple of shows, but they miss that third show or something like that. And so they've missed what's going on. And then later on, this is what happens quite often is people link me the story. Yeah, right. Hey, Chris, did you see this? Yeah. And I'm always like, well, yeah, yeah, I saw that two weeks ago and I talked about it in this episode. But what I, what the signal is that I take from that is, that's a topic and a story they're interested in. They just didn't know we already discussed it. And if they had known, they would have heard about it from us a week before they went and found it on their own. And there might be some value there. I don't know. And then maybe you'd listen to that. Go, I could go listen to that Coda Radio. And then maybe, you know, another Coda Radio segment where they had a really good take on that story. Maybe I'll just go listen to the whole show. Maybe. So I'd love feedback on this idea. What do you think, Brent, just hearing this pitch? Yeah, your pitch is even better than what you have in the show, Doc. I love it. First, I think it feels to me like, I don't know, a fortnightly or however often we feel like doing it, but like a fortnightly greatest hits across the entire network of news stories and our take on it, which is... Could be like a Saturday summary or something like that, like a wrap up at the end of the week. Yeah. I mean, that feels like a great way if you had a busy week or something just to dive into the most important stuff. I know it touches a little bit on what Linux Action News was doing given the summer holiday there uh, and the fact that we're already talking about this stuff in some of the other shows, it seems like a, a real win. The other thing I appreciate is if you like all the shows, then you get everybody all in the same place. Like it's kind of a really nice, like uh, hanging out with the, with the crew uh, show as well in that sense. Yeah. You get a little check in here from everybody. I, I guess I only want to proceed with this. If this is something that gets a positive response from the audience, because it'd be something for them. I don't know how huge, again, this would be outside the JB audience. Maybe, maybe it would bring in some, but if we could get it pretty well automated on the back end, because we have source flax for everything and we have chapter markers, we could probably figure out a system because we have similar tooling uh, that could cut it together for me in a way that's probably a pretty efficient workflow for me. And I just sit down, do the tops and tails, and then we publish because everything's already edited and sound treated so it would just be my stuff that needs to get cleaned up and matched yeah are you how close how close do you think we are to pulling something like this off like i know on this show especially we come up with these giant dreams and sometimes it takes us six months to get there but um this feels uh, well, surprisingly doable yeah yeah that's what i think um wes and i are thinking of doing a few dry runs just behind the scenes getting an idea of what the manual workflow is like and then kind of going from there and identifying what we need to do. And I think that's, so that's, that's probably step one. And I think we could do that while I wait for feedback from the audience. I'm only asking the office hours audience. I haven't talked about this anywhere else, but I feel like this is the crew that we should hear from because this would probably be one of the folks we're targeting is people that listen to JV shows specifically. Yeah. This crew is also fine with us screwing things up along the way. So thanks for that. Yeah. (laughs) So let us know 
good or bad, we'll take it and we'd appreciate it in a boost. And I do have an ask this week from the audience. We now have podcasting Tudodo transcripts for Office Hours 2.0. If you look in your podcast player and it says Office Hours 2.0, you now have the new feed. If you're in a 1.0 player, it's backwards compatible. You just don't get the transcripts and some of the stuff. But if you're in a 2.0 player, you'll see it. Or you can probably find it. Uh, you can find it on the Office officehours.hair webpage. I think it gets linked there as well. But I would like us to start experimenting with transcripts with an eye towards what if all the JB shows had transcripts? Could we integrate transcript search into notes.jupiterbroadcasting.com search? That's a pretty handy search tool. Could we make it even better? Could we train a large language model where you could go to the large language, the, you know, the, the colony model, the colony chat, colony GPT, <laughs> and you go ask it, in what episode did Brent talk about wildfires? Right? And it would just go through and give you the episode and maybe give you a paragraph or what, I don't know how, it, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like hmm. we're on the cusp of self-hosted large language models being useful enough where you could train it against your own data set. And imagine if we could train it against transcripts for every JB show. That is wild. I hadn't even considered that, but that is an amazing use case. Uh, I know you and I and many of us and the audience included all, often get asked like, oh, do you remember when we talked about XYZ and the notes dot, you know, jupiterbroadcasting.com has been an attempt to sort of help the audience with that. And I think it's done an okay job, but to have transcripts of all the conversations to go in there and some intelligence behind it, that is blowing my mind right now, Chris. Yeah. Some context awareness. Mm. Yes. Uh, if And it's something that the audience could completely work on on their own because everything's public. The shows are public. The transcripts are public. Source files are public. So if you think, if you think you'd like to do something like this, please consider it because I feel like the transcripts open up a world of possibilities. These are some of the ones that come to my mind, but there might be others that you think of or that we discover just in experimenting with this stuff. Ideas, or if you try it, please boost in and let us know so we can keep an eye on it or we can let people know. Maybe people can help join and help out. We can coordinate because this, this show has been very successful at that in the past. So that could be, that could be such a cool project. Do you think maybe we should send folks to the website matrix room? to gather, you know, if you want to get interested hmm. and invested in this, that, you know, we started working on transcript stuff. Oh, I don't know. Was that a year ago? Geez, that's embarrassing. Uh, but it's come a long way. So I feel like there's already a small crew there who are interested. I wonder if that's the place to send new folks who want to get involved. Good idea. Yeah. So we have the website matrix chat room. We'll try to remember to drop a link to that, but you can always find those, the general chat room, Stuff is at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash matrix. And then we have what's called a space. And in that space, you'll find all the JB rooms. And there's a plethora of them. But uh, the website one's one of them that uh, Brent and I check. And that'd be a great spot to talk about this. And then also, you know, give us updates via boost. So that way we can communicate it to the rest of the community and things like that. And help us get to our next bounty. Because we are, after all, podcast bounty hunters. Right. And with that, let's get to some boosts. And now it is time for the boost. Craftnix came in with a row of King Ducks, 222,222 sats. Things are looking up for all the duck. At this rate of episode funding, you'll never get a day off. <laughs> I'd also like to ask again <laughs> if there's any progress on accepting lightning payments for membership. It's the only reason I'm not a member. Keep up the great work. I hope Brent's house survived. It did. He's sitting in it right now. I'm currently sitting in it. It is still here. So all good there. Thank we, you. We really didn't know. No. You know? And, I, and then I left halfway through like when yeah. it was going to burn down potentially. So yeah, don't do that. Lightning payments for membership would be fantastic, you know, especially for like an annual subscription or something to that effect. Memberful is the background provider for our membership system. And that's not really under our control what the payment options are. And we've kind of looked at the membership program as the fiat option route for people that want to use traditional banking because that's sort of all piped with that, with Stripe and whatnot on the back end. I don't know, potentially I suppose the way this would happen is Stripe would start accepting lightning payments, which is not outside the realm of possibility at all. And then Memberful would have to probably implement that API. Then we would be able to expose it. And this is the problem with platforms. 
and why I would rather have a self-hosted membership program if I were going to switch to Lightning. Because anytime you need to move or adapt, which is the theme of podcasting right now for anybody that's doing this long term, it's your tiptoeing and dancing on your feet while playing with scissors. You need flexibility. And the problem with things like Patreon and Memberful is they limit your flexibility and your ability to pivot. And being able to move and adapt fast is key to survival on the internet long term. So it's sort of a frustrating thing, Craftnix. But I do kind of take solace in the fact that I think long term it'll get sorted out. I mean, in a way, oh yeah, no, that doesn't work. Uh, ideas are hard. I was going to say you can just like self serve and you know send us in whatever show you want, like a member sizable boost but then you don't get the feeds and stuff that we mm-hmm. I mean, that's the hardest part isn't it yeah the the, mm-hmm. the sending of the value is the easy part so I, i've gotten yeah. this all wrong don't listen to me the part that they offer that we really wouldn't want to build with the fiat system is a membership authenticated feed that is authorized by a backing of like a credit card or debit card or something and if that transaction is canceled or the subscription is canceled their platform manages the feed access automatically. Whereas if we were to roll that ourselves and process credit cards, we would have to manage user accounts. We would have to manage balances. We would have to manage if they, if they're current or not. And then we would have to manage the feed generation and the access to the feed and what goes in that feed. And that's what their platform provides. It's a lot, right? And I don't really want customer information. I don't want to be doing my own credit card stuff or writing my own Stripe stuff. I don't want to be doing that stuff. With Lightning and, and Bitcoin, because there's no counterparty risk and because it's final settlement, it, it, it opens up a lot more options because it means a payment is finalized immediately when you send it to a business. And what some of these parties do, like Memorful, is they're taking that counterparty risk and they're assuming the transaction's clearing. But in reality, that transaction doesn't actually clear your bank account for a couple of days. Right. So it's all kind of just turtles all the way down until that clears. Whereas with a Bitcoin or a Lightning transaction, anything that's SAP based, once it's finalized on the blockchain or once it's gone through the Lightning Network, that transaction's final. And so as a business, I know those funds are safe and secure. So then it's safer to open up access to something. And it, it doesn't really matter if your credit card can be charged or not because payment either goes through or payment either doesn't. And so it's a one or a zero and it's a lot more simple. And I think that will enable these types of systems once we have enough user base. That's my thing. Do you ever see the possibility... In the meantime, let's say, of having a boost-only membership that sort of runs alongside the current memberful one. You know, I've seen some people playing around with Lightning-enabled files. So, you you know, 3,000 sats and you get a download. Oh, interesting. Something like that. I don't know. Because I'm always going to want a system that is available for people that don't want to bother with the sats. Um, Because that's, you know, there's two separate customers there. Now... The business probably also would like to have both because it's just a nice, you know, deferral of income across two different sources instead of just being dependent on one. So there's pros and cons to all of it, really. But it would be nice to have one system that I could manage and self-host that just accepted all of it and then worked with trusted third parties for the card transactions. Perhaps. Maybe the BTC pay server gets there one day. Because you could do almost all of it with BTC pay server except for the credit card transactions, as far as I know. VT52 comes in with 131 and 72 sats using pod first. Big fan of the network, he writes, and what you guys are doing. I've been skeptical of the cryptocurrency, but I'm always down to try something new. And I can't wait for episode 34. Hope everything's great with Brent up in Kanukistan. <laughs> you know, a couple times a year I hear that and it never gets old. So thank you. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. Thank you also for trying out uh, the uh, sats purchase, even though you're a little skeptical of it. I would be too. Yeah, I think that's really? actually the perfect place to be, isn't it? Try something, but be skeptical. That way you can come at it with a critical eye. Yeah, and this is a good time to experiment right now because the price is going to be low. It is low as we record. And, I mean, it's not out of the realm of historical cycle possibility for Bitcoin to flirt with fifteen dollars or $14,000 until next year. Um, it's possible it doesn't depending on just market dynamics, because every market is different every year. But historically, the price of Bitcoin, the year before the halvening, which is coming up in early 2024, and the year, of course, before the presidential election, historically, 
Bitcoin spends first half of the year going up and then it spends the latter half of the year going down. And it's not a direct line. It's, it goes down and then it bumps up for a little bit and stays there. Then it goes down, but it's a ladder series. It, it's like a step. So it goes down over time. So to recap, before the election, before the happening, the year before, historically, ev- literally every single time so far, Bitcoin spends the first half of the year going up, which we saw, and it, it made new highs. It regained like 80%. And then it spends the rest of that year going down. And then usually some point in mid 20, in the, in the, in the which will next year, probably mid year to start going up again. This is fantastic for us as just people that are experimenting with this as a value exchange and are building these systems and trying to onboard new users. Cheaper price is actually better because it, it's a lower cost to get in and experiment and all of that. And people can send a lot more sets for a cheaper price. The rows of ducks are cheaper. Right, exactly. And then, you know, price starts going up. That's really what always draws people in. It's counterintuitive and people can't help it. It's just human nature. But mark my words, things are going to change when Bitcoin starts getting to 50,000 and 60,000 again and the price starts going up, which it probably will. Maybe it's, maybe it's not for another year, but it eventually will. And all of a sudden attitudes are going to start changing and people are going to start aping in like morons. Instead of playing around now when the on-chain fees are cheap, when the activity is low, when the risk is lower, when the price is cheap, this is a perfect time to build these systems and experiment, but that's just not human nature. Uh, so I think you did the right thing, VT, and uh, please keep supporting because we want to get to uh, episode 35. Frozier comes in with a satchel of Richards, a big one, 111,101 sats. Using Podverse, he says, I'm not skeptical about the new model at all. Openness about the sats is required and sats received is good. It's a good strategy because it gives a signal on how many sats to send. Hmm. Otherwise, it just feels like kind of a random amount. That's actually a really good point because we it's been hard for us to express the kind of value we're looking for. I think probably up to this point, you would say, right, Chris, we took a while to think about that number. We never had a podcast where everybody involved was like, yeah, I'll take the entire payment in boost. I can I could do that. Right. And it took Drew being on board and you being on board and me being on board. And we're it's a smaller team, so it's probably a little more capable possible to do that as an experiment. Um, and we'll see if it works again. <laughs> right. We'll see. I mean, We've only had one. I honestly success. don't know. It could be an anomaly. I don't, right? I don't know. Yeah, it could be. And it, it took us a while to do this one because it's a lot of pressure. Actually, it turns out it's more pressure than I thought it would be to try to do a good episode because. We want to do right by the boost and we want to reach another milestone again. We want to get another bounty. Yeah. You and I, uh, we felt the exact same way without even like coordinating about it. I was like, oh man, we gotta, we gotta do a real banger here. And I don't know if we've got it in the cards. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Although if we keep going, I've definitely got ideas for old time JB hosts, guest spots and checking in with members of the community that people might remember and stuff like that. So I've got a lot of ideas, but we'll see. We'll see. A lot of plumbing happened too during that time. A lot of things we've never tried before. It's been really awesome. Colafara, probably not getting that right, comes in with 100,000 sats from the podcast index. And they'd really like our follow-up related to an issue I mentioned with Tailscale. I had an outage where I couldn't connect to the studio systems for a little while. He'd like to know what was going on there because there'd be a hard pause on his Tailscale rollout if, di- if downtime occurred and there was no explanation. Um, so I don't know if I ever got to the bottom, K. I think... I did discover what might have been going on, at least for one of the systems. And it might have been a compounding issue where several problems are happening. But on my Bitcoin node, if the Umbral services start before Tailscale, or perhaps if Tailscale is running and then I restart the Umbral services, but I don't restart Tailscale, the ports that Docker has opened up, Tailscale seems to be unaware of. And so what I have to do is, if for some reason I have to restart the node services, I then need to restart Tailscale. Most of my systems, I don't just have like ports hanging open. Like I've got like Nginx and it's like, I just connect to that and it's managing all of the, it's proxying all the connections. But on the node, this is how Umbral works is it installs a Docker application and it opens up a port, like port 3000 or whatever. And I suspect that those were just completely, Tailscale was completely unaware about those. Maybe if I had restarted Tailscale, it could have fixed it. I was wasn't my first move because if you're remoted into a system when you are remote you don't want to really restart the vpn so i 
I never ultimately was able to get to the bottom of it, but it has never happened before and it's never happened again. So it, could, it must have been something here at the land. It sounds like a actually surprisingly tricky issue to solve, but the whole ports thing is that was fascinating to hear you talk about. I hope tail scale. I don't know whose responsibility is it. It's a tricky one. Yeah, and I can't. I don't. I don't use that setup commonly, but I don't really ever seem to recall running into that problem huh. ever before. But Umbral is kind of a unique beast with its own management scripts and the way it starts services. And I don't know, perhaps if they were going, in fact, I would, wouldn't be surprised at all if Umbral was using service management through systemd, Tailscale may be very well aware of it. But because they're bypassing that, perhaps that's the gotcha. Halfpint comes in with 6699 sats and he says, it's the same number both ways. And he's right. If you flip it, it's the same amount. That's really cool. Having fun. I don't know why, but I really like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. So he's looking forward to the next one, too. Margie came in with 55,555 sats using Castomatic, which is a real zinger of an app. Bounty sats, if you Google 33333, apparently it's the angel number, a sign of love and a reminder to maintain a positive attitude and optimistic vibrations. So enjoy the good vibes along with them sats. Hope the extra downtime from land allows you to relax a bit. Um, and uh, good luck for the coming chapter. You know what? I have spent a lot of my, I wasn't sure what I'd spend a lot of my land downtime doing. I thought it would be sponsor negotiations, but that's just been so dead. There's been none, none (laughs) to speak of. And I've spent it farming and I've got like one of the best tans I've had in years, probably since I went to Texas, uh, three, three or four years ago. And, um, been much more active, physically active, learning a ton and, it's been nice because I didn't realize how much I needed something where I could put effort in and within a couple of days, see results. God, that's nice. That's been a nice switcheroo where so many things in the podcasting world are sort of existential and also going to take multiple years to play out. And it's like, so I'm pushing in certain areas, but I'm not even going to get the results I want for another couple of years. Whereas a garden is like a few days turnaround sometimes. And that's been really nice. Well, Chris, that sounds actually like the best case scenario. I know you were maybe hoping for some sponsorships, but actually Chris's health and well-being and inspiration, I think this is the best holiday ever. Aw, jeez. Yeah. And now if I could just stop kicking myself about it constantly and feeling guilty that there's an impending doom. Uh, but I fall gracefully into the trusting arms of the audience. Marchie also sent me some great information on Nick's Bitcoin, which we are digging into. Sir Alex Gate, the podcasting 2.0 consultant, came in with 34,223 sats across three booths using Podverse. Uh, And he also feels the same way I do about flying. It's not a fear of death. It's not like a fear of crowds. It's the feeling of being trapped and being subject to a bunch of BS theater. It's like, you think I'm stupid? You think I don't see what you're doing here? You're going to make me do this even though we both know this is bullshit? And then I'm trapped. I can't go anywhere. I'm trapped in security. I'm trapped behind security. Once I make it through security, I'm trapped in line. Once I'm in line, then I'm trapped in the walkway because those always take forever. Then I'm trapped in the walkway of the plane because it takes for everybody to sit down because nobody can figure it out, even though they've all done it before. <laughs> and then I'm trapped on the, on the tarmac while, the, while, while I'm waiting for the plane. Then I'm trapped in the air. I can't go anywhere for sure then. And then it lands and it takes forever to get off. And I'm trapped while I'm waiting for everybody to get off. I'm trapped in line while I get off. And I have to go up the walkway again, super slow. It's finally once you're off the walkway, you get out the gate and you get into the general airport and you know you can just freaking make a beeline for it. But then, of course, you're with somebody who had to check bags, Brent. They had to check their bags. So you can't just get out of the airport. You're still trapped for a little bit longer, Brent. You got to go get your luggage. And, of course, it takes them forever to get their luggage. So you put a tracker in your luggage so you can watch it and you're watching it. But now the tracker's been blocked by the metal, so you don't know where your bag is. And so you're just waiting, Brent, and you're trapped. You know, I traveled with my mother recently. That was my exact experience. I was like, carry on everything. And she had, you know, enough bags for the both of us. (sighs) The whole waiting for bags thing. Once you've transitioned to the no bags, no check bags lifestyle is just painful. (sighs) And I don't think I'm going to be able to avoid it at all for El Salvador. Because it got me, the wife, the kid, our clothes, podcasting gear. We're checking bags. Oh, gosh. Good luck. We're checking bags. Now, he also had some follow-up on Podping. I joked about uh, Podping going over XMPP, knowing Sir Alex Gates. But uh, he says, you know, they've been looking at a means to have their own consensus-based network with no blockchain required. 
Shocking, I know, he writes, but I don't even like Hive. But it does happen to fit the job. Hive is a blockchain that has a really, really, really fast block time. And now I'm going to get this wrong. So, Alex, please feel free to give a better explanation. But I believe one of the key advantages is it allows for embedding like JSON data. And so you can essentially create a message bus that the podcast clients can subscribe to. And they can see when a podcast using this Podping network has been updated and then they can go pull the feed and get the updates or depending on how they want to do it. And so instead of every single app, which is how the current system works with the old apps, pulling every XML file every few minutes. So, you know, for uh, Linux Unplugged, that's tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of podcast catchers every few minutes checking the XML file on an HTTP endpoint. But with Podping and the Hive system behind it, the way it works in podcasting 2.0 is when you update your RSS feed, you send out what's called a pod ping. That essentially registers a message in the Hive network that your podcast feed has been updated. There's new information that should be checked. And then the podcast clients get that information somehow, maybe from a backend, maybe directly, and they go update the feed. It's pretty cool. And so they're working on a system that doesn't require blockchain at all. Perhaps, perhaps Alex is just a database. Let us know. And he says the Noster topic also has been hitting a nerve. He and another developer were personally attacked by some Bitcoin maxis because he told them that you could do pod ping over network, over lightning, I should say, and Alex completely disagrees. And that was a bad experience. And they tried to cancel us. I realize a lot of developers, especially inexperienced ones, like shiny new things, but software architecture has requirements. And I'll add a damn it in there. Um, I want to know what you think, Alex, if the let's put everything over lightning fad has maybe faded a little bit. I remember about a year ago this time, everybody wanted to do everything over lightning. Look at this new, we got this network. We can send stuff really cheap. We can make, and because it does require a slight cost, it won't have spam. It's going to be fantastic, but it's just simply not the right technology for that. And I feel like we've walked that back. The community, I never thought it was a good idea, but I feel like a lot of people have walked that back. And now there's a more practical discussion about using the right tool for the right job. Maybe Alex feels differently though. Ginkgo Salad boosted in with 30,000 sats silver podverse. Coming in hot with the boost. <laughs> hey, first boost here. hey Thanks for all the JB shows. I think your shows really got me into podcast listening in general. I'm all for the boost bounty episode model too, and it needs a catchy name. Yeah, it does. You're right. Like the podcast bounty hunters. Something, you know, like we need a good name. Shoot. This is an area I kind of stink at. I used up all my good names years ago. You know, I feel like we should have some voting open, but uh, we're not doing this episode live this week. So, uh, no. Hmm. Well, boost in some ideas. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of like uh, podcast bounty hunters or something for some reason, but doesn't that doesn't really sound like it's a thing we're trying to do. It's a bounty. It's a pod bounty. It's, I don't know, the pod goal. I don't know what it is. Those are horrible. So hopefully not those. But Gink, thank you for the boost. We can send a big list of what not to name it. Yeah, right. I think we just went through some of those, Brent. Right. <laughs> I think those are, we're good at those. We can, we're good at those, yeah. <laughs> uh, listener Jeff comes in with 30,000 sats. Just sent us some beer, some corn, some popcorn, and a bucket because he knows I got a lot of weeds. Anonymous also sent in 21,000 sats to help us get to our bounty. And they say they really like the IPFS podcasting model, too. Didn't even know they existed. And they say it's also their second fully funded boost. Well, thank you, Anonymous. Now go set your username so I can uh, thank you properly. And Mr. Rustic Castaversa is back with 7,000 sats from the podcast index. I'm alive! This is the way. A bounty boost. Let's get another episode and a soundbite for bounty boost. Maybe the Mando... And let's hope this thing takes off. I like it. And tell me what you think, Rustacasta. How does this work for a bounty boost? This is the way. Yeah? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not bad, right? <laughs> Do you like me some Mando? Nice to see you, Rusta. This is Thanks the boost. Us. Yeah, that, that would be great. We need AI to generate that in the Mando voice. Hal was right. Came in with 4,200 sats. Two boosts using Podverse. Uh, and uh, he says... Right on with Noster. I think Noster has good incentives and long for long-term success. And KYC free, free Bitcoin is the way to go. KYC is the illicit activity. That's know your customer. Purple Dog came in with 15,000 sats. 
using Podverse. Not really relevant, but I have to type something. My wife got her PhD this week, and the certificate she got is an NFT. No way. <laughs> There's a QR code on the back that links to a page saying this document is valid. But as far as I know, there, it isn't related or pegged to her in any way. It was minted months before she completed her thesis. It's just the sheet of paper that's printed on that is validated. I don't get how it proves anything. Couldn't I just copy that QR code to another document? What's wrong with a PDF and maybe a PGP signature? Does that mean there's going to be a, an underground network of like certificate paper NFTs? Is this what we're talking about? You can sell your own. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. If you just need the QR code, that's crazy. And it doesn't prove anything. I mean, the idea, let's say all this worked and the idea that your marriage license and your PhD and your, you know, uh, your certificates could be on a, a blockchain that an employer or anybody could get access to. Maybe that's useful. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Sounds like a privacy Maybe. nightmare to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that's, that's my thinking. But the other problem with NFTs is that ultimately it's just sending you to an HTTP endpoint that's sitting on somebody's web server. And is that thing going to be around for 40 years? Is that thing going to be online and serving images and returning results for the length of that person's career? There's no way. No. So it seems like it's probably good for a few years at best. I mean, you know how these things get, these systems get redone and websites get broken and people forget about it after a while. I just don't know, man. I don't know. Iraq comes in with 4,444 sats. Love what y'all do and love the insights that Office Hours offers. Here's to episode 34. Thank you, sir. You helped us get there. Oppie1984 did two 4,000 sats coming in with Podverse just to give us some funding sats. And Faraday Fedora came in with 9,445 sats giving Podverse a go. I was having trouble going to the podcast in, uh, index website. It's been a barrier to get boost to you guys. I would like to know more about that, Faraday. But I am super stoked that you hit the bounty this quick. From what I've heard, though, corn can be very tricky to grow. If you haven't already, check the Epic Garden and Opic Epic Homestead on YouTube. I have been. Thank you for that suggestion. And he also writes that he's interested in the IPFS podcasting. The audience can basically build their own CDN. That's so cool. When you get that going, we should have an IPFS matrix group. Oh. Hmm. Could always use another matrix chat room. <laughs> How many can you have in total? We'll find out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think the corn's turning out. I had some early corn where it was just barely turning yellow and the top wasn't quite 100% done. So they're like little kernels on the top and stuff, but the flavor was still pretty good, even though it wasn't fully done. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Hadia's dad came over last night and he left with armfuls of corn and cucumbers, just like as much as he could possibly <laughs> hold. It doesn't even make a dent in the inventory. doesn't even make a dent. I mean... Unbelievable amount of cucumbers and corn. Going to be going to be eating a lot of corn. Mere Mortals podcast comes in with some handsome 4,444 sats across two booths using fountain. And uh, I think we covered one previously, so I, I cut to this one. And uh, they write, the righteous win of Bitcoin. Congrats on hitting the bounty, Chris. Right here alongside with you at putting myself outside my comfort zone to try new styles. Implement more tags and plugging away at making value for value sustainable. For myself, I'm also teaching others on the Value for Value podcast, which is live on Tuesdays at midnight, which is UTC zero. Yeah, check out the Value for Value podcast for more insights. He's, uh, I think he's got something special there for people that are trying to wrap their head around this model. We'll also, again, have a link to Kyron's tutorial on setting up the music time split stuff as well. Keep up the good work, sir. I love watching what you're doing. Smart Growth comes in with 5,000 sats. Finally signed up for a Jupiter Party membership. Well, thanks, Smart Growth. Appreciate both the boost and the membership. It's really making this possible. The Golden Dragon comes in with a cute little row of ducks. There it is. Boost! Glad the bounty was met. Maybe in the future, the bounty met music could be the final battle theme from Final Fantasy. I did love this music when it came on on the Super Nintendo. Like, I had achieved something. And we felt that way with the bounty. We, The day we hit our milestone, we celebrated. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty good suggestion, Dragon. It's pretty good. You know, the first 
five seconds of that tune I was happy with. And then it just kept going and it just made me happier and happier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, when you're a kid and you finally beat like the end boss or something like that, it's so rewarding. That's that tune has been stuck in my head for years. Even like when somebody like achieves something, sometimes I play that tune in my head soundboard. (laughs) Grounded grid comes in with 5,500 sets using fountain. I'll throw the rest of my fountain sats at the JB Sandbox. Looking forward to seeing these new features and hearing about the journey implementing them. Well, Grounded, let me know what you think. They should all be in place for this episode. I like the idea of a JB Sandbox where we just like, you know, build stuff and then we're like, eh, let's redo it. <laughs> Knock it down and try again. Sully86 comes in with 10,000 sats using fountain. Congratulations on the bounty being reached. And here's some more sats for the next one. I set up an IPFS podcasting node within an hour of hearing Pocket Office One. These sats, <laughs> oh, nice. these sats have been earned through the Helium network and converted to Bitcoin, then sent to Fountain. Set up an Albi wallet today and might just move to that. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Sully. Appreciate that quite a bit. And True Grits comes in with 5,000 sats. Glad to see Office Hours slash the Pocket Office feed go live. Going to go check out the new one that just dropped, but I thought I should check out this one first. Thanks, Grits. And then uh, we had Prozac come in with just 800 sats, but I wanted to read it. And this is our last boost of the show. He writes, or they write, love the value for value model, but outside the U.S. it is hard because we have crappy countries. <laughs> the whole adpocalypse and how I can actually chime in given the global economic parity sent me to subscribe to the self-hosted SRE membership. It may not be a full party membership, but as a non-U.S. dollar money holder, I appreciate the fact there are still ways for us to contribute to Jamie, JB more than just going with ads. Keep the regular fiat ways going too. Some places are really hard to get BTC. You know, Prozac, I really appreciate that feedback. And another thing I would love to hear feedback from the audience is how folks outside the U.S. get their sats. And maybe we could give a couple of good tips for folks that are struggling with that. It's probably going to be location specific, but maybe there's something out there we could pass along that'd be helpful. So please boost that in if you know. Thank you, everybody, who boosted in. We have some great totals to get to. We are going with the radical transparency here. And we had 29 total boosters, which is incredible. 37 boost total. Some people sent in multiple messages. Some didn't make it on air. Like, just maybe they didn't have a note attached. But everybody's boost has been received and read. And we got a total of 1,160,559 sats. This is the way. It's very close. We're just 400,000 sats shy from our next bounty. I think we can get there. I think we can. And it'd be great to even tip a little bit over since the price is dipping a bit. It'd be great to tip a little bit over that 1.5 million bounty. And we're really close. We're really close. You know, Chris, this really hits me. Um, We mentioned that we were delaying a little bit in recording this episode because we really wanted to make a great one. But they almost, you know, you lovely listeners, you almost like met the bounty without us even meeting our requirements for the first one. So huge thank you there. Really appreciate the the groundswell of support. I, I don't think I could even convey it because it is really scary to think that, you know, some of our the sponsors that have remained may be going away, uh, you know, at the end of the year or something like that. And what would we do? I am so grateful we are experimenting with this right now before we are in that emergency situation and we are figuring this out now and we are making it feasible with Jupiter Broadcasting's smallest show. This show gets astronomically less downloads than all the other shows. That's incredible. And we're making it viable with the core support of our community. And that's literally what helps me sleep at night. You know, it's that, it's that kind of thing. So thank you everybody who steps up, helps us experiment with this model. It is the grand experiment and we appreciate everyone's support can also support becoming by becoming a jupiter party member over at jupiter.party appreciate that support as well absolutely we'll keep an eye on the sats as they trickle in and perhaps we'll have another office hours scheduled sooner than later this time and i hope everyone got a chance to try it out in a podcasting tutoro app it is pretty exciting to be rolling out some of those new features it probably means a slight delay in release because i'm gonna have to manually post the episode to make sure all the stuff's done because i'm manually crafting the feed right now but we'll eventually automate that too. Just but handcrafted is what we It like is to a truly out. handcrafted product, right? From beginning to end with Drew's fantastic production, which has now been financed directly by the audience. That's amazing. And then on the other end, as it's once it's produced and finalized, I'll be doing the finishing touches to get all the podcasting Tudodo features on there to get it distributed on IPFS and all that kind of stuff. And 
a complete package is something we've never done before. It's really awesome, and it's made possible by, by the support of the audience. So thank you, everyone. And now you got to get the heck out of here. <laughs> i got to get back to work. i got to go pull weeds. i got corn. Office hours are over. Door's closed. See you next time. <laughs>